Welcome. It's October. Yes, it's finally fall here in D.C. It's been On fall for about day. two days, yeah. three days. Yep, 80 to, down to 50. Always good. 30 degree temperature swings are my favorite. Um, my name is Kyle Jennings. I'm the manager for communications and student development here at CMAA. And I'm Melissa Lowe, the senior director of advocacy and communications or communications and advocacy. And you probably note that we sound a little different this month because we have expanded our our technology, technology. supply. We now have two microphones <laughs> instead of just one. So hopefully this will improve our sound quality. I don't know that it will necessarily improve my editing skills, but it I did learn something new. So I learned how to hook up two mics. Baby steps. We're getting there. I also learned how to send a fax last week, so that was fun. Who sends faxes still? That's my question. That's a that's a topic for another day, I think. Right. <laughs> so this month we're gonna talk about the Club Foundation. It is celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. Back in October nineteen eighty eight, so literally down to this month. CMA's board of directors determined that a charitable foundation could support educational pursuits in perpetuity. CF was created to fund outstanding training and continuing education opportunities tailored directly to the needs of both the novice and the practicing club manager, sponsor research on topics of practical interest to the club to the management of clubs and the overall hospitality field, and establish scholarships to aid managers in their pursuits of advanced training and to aid students in studying the profession ensuring the next available and well-trained generation of managers. The first campaign was the Campaign for Excellence with a lofty $3 million fundraising goal. Ten years later, in 1999, the foundation had achieved major milestones with assets exceeding $3.6 million, grants and scholarships distributed totaling more than $100,000 in one year, the establishment of a distance learning program, and operation under a strategic plan. Nice. So this month we are going to hear from some in-house experts on the Club Foundation. We're going to be joined by Jack Sullivan, who is on the founding group of the Club Foundation and has served on its board for a number of years. Um, We're fortunate to have him around to give some first-person perspective on just what went into coming up with the Club Foundation and the steps that that had to be taken to get it up and running and sort of what his expectations are now, 30 years later. And we're also going to be joined by Carrie Wosicki, who's the Director of Development for the Club Foundation here at CMAA. And she's going to give us a little bit of a taste of what's coming down the pike right now for the Club Foundation and talk a little bit about the upcoming fundraising initiatives that we have going on. You may also notice in our interview with Jack some funny noises coming from the background, and that is not due to our new microphones. That is due to the fact that we have window washers here at the building, (laughs) and there might be some slight squeegeeing sounds, so keep an ear out for that. And as usual, we'll wrap with our favorite idea fair, and we'll ra- and uh, this month we're talking about uh, a great suggestion from Colin McAllen um, with Tavistock Country Club in Haddonfield, New Jersey, to talk about Kyle and I's favorite holiday Thanksgiving. and how you can harness uh, video to make some cool tips for your members. So stay tuned. So let's hear from someone who is instrumental in the creation. John Jack Sullivan Jr., CCM, served as the 1992 president of the Club Managers Association of America and was a member of the board of directors in 1988 when the Club Foundation was created. 
He has been a member of CMA for more than 40 years. Today, Jack is involved with strategic planning and consulting with Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. Along with Bud Hall, MCM, Jim Petzing, CCM, Red Steger, CCM, Jack Sullivan was instrumental in the foundation of the Club Foundation. Together, they determined that CMA needed a fundraising entity to help support the mounting cost of professional development programs. As a result of this forward thinking, the Club Foundation, the Club Management Institute Foundation, a 501c3 charitable organization was created. The name was ultimately shortened to the Club Foundation. So give us that, give us that first person perspective. How did it get started? Uh, the, the driving force to my memory, uh, and this is 20 plus years ago, but the driving force behind the, the foundation uh, was, was Jim Petzing. Uh, and, and it was a group. It was Jim Petzing. It was, and early on, it was Red Sager. It was Mead um, Grady. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, J.D. Pietro, you know, really picked up the ball. But, um, Jim, in particular, you know, was involved with education at Cornell. And uh, obviously, education is the, is the primary focus of uh, CMAA. And we also knew that, uh, you know, the, the smaller clubs uh, didn't have the resources so what can we do to continue to offer and grow and build our education uh, without taxing uh, the the smaller clubs with the with the dues line? And uh, you know the not that it's changed much, uh, but the initial uh, driving uh, force to fund the need, if you will, was. Um, uh, student scholarships, uh, educational research, and then providing, uh, supplementing the costs of, of, of education for, for, for the members. And there was a small group, a handful of uh, people that, you know, uh, put this idea into the oven, and you know, we, we kept working it and kicking it around. This uh, happened at a couple of different conferences, and it came to came to fruition, as I said, some twenty plus years ago. Um, the The initial push was reaching out to uh, fellow club managers, and we knew that we had to have club managers involved uh, if if we were going to um, uh, be successful. Um, and that continued on while we then realized. Um, the real money was going to come from the corporate donors. And uh, programs were started to reach out to the corporate donors, you know, putting together a marketing program to explain uh, the purpose and the needs uh, and, and benefits, you know, in return to that. However, continuing along the way, we knew we couldn't get corporate support if we didn't have CM, CMAA members involved. And, uh, gosh, I, uh, it goes back to the two that really were the spokespeople uh, early on. Uh, again, were Mead Grady and, and, and Red Stager. Um, you know, Mead, Mead at the time was at the Commerce, uh, Commerce Club, and then, then he went on to Peachtree in Atlanta. 
Uh, Red Sager, uh, of course, uh, was, was uh, River Oaks. Uh, two highly respected individuals that they would get up there at conference and be promoting and promoting and promoting. Um, and we slowly started to, to, to get uh, the members involved. And uh, once they started to see some of the benefit coming back, it was easier to get more and more. And then along came J.D. Pietro, and Jay was not bashful. <laughs> and he would look you in the eye and say, what do you mean you're not, what, what, $500? Are you kidding me with what you make? How about $5,000? Uh, I, I was one of those. Yeah, no way, you're not getting away with that little. And he would be up on stage and embarrass the living daylights out of people. Um, you know, and, and I mean, literally, he would make you stand up in this, you know, with, 2,000 people in the room, and if you weren't standing up, he'd look, especially if he knew you. What are you doing sitting down? <laughs> Public you know, shaming. So, uh, that's, that's probably a better, better description. So, uh, but, you know, it, it really started to work, and then we, we all know, too, you know, with the, uh, the easy goats of the world and the Toros and the John Deere's and, and the, you know, earlier on Edward Don's and, you know, uh, Coplin, Keebler, and Wallace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coplin, Keebler, Dick Coplin. Dick yeah. Coplin personally reached into his pocket, you know, for large sums of money. And, and so, there, you know, it, we finally started to get both ends going. And, and you know, with that, uh, uh, you know, came a... Um, uh, some resources to to be able to to build the foundation. We also were fortunate. We had some on the foundation board. We had uh, a very good business mind, and then you know we partnered with a you know good uh, financial management uh, team. You know to 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 help grow the foundation. So. Uh, it, it really, uh, really made a made a huge difference, and and um, people like Joe Purdue, yeah. oh, who yeah. uh, really was able to bring to the table the very uh, detailed and specific needs uh, that the foundation should be funding. And you know, I've been involved in charity fundraising for for a lot of years, and uh, we will have our uh, Club Managers Charity Classic uh, uh, down in down in Naples in, in, in a week, and you know it, that makes all the difference when you truly understand this is a very very important legitimate need. Uh, you you not only do you touch people's uh, purse strings and wallets, you touch their heart, and once you touch their heart, you know they're able uh, to, to to move forward. So. Um, that really was the, the process and what we, uh, uh, what we, uh, how we undertook things. And, you know, that was with some of the challenges in the early days, getting that message and making sure what is the foundation? What's the purpose? Sure. What is it serving? Um, literally, we went from chapter to chapter. There was, uh, we made sure that there was a foundation representative that could tell the story. Uh, because again, we still had to have the local 
And, and, you know, not only local managers, then we also really started to reach out to the chapters as well. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, as you know, there were numerous chapters who made, uh, you know, uh, pretty pretty sizable contributions. And, uh, you know, we, we had a vision for it to grow. I'm not sure we had the vision of where it is uh, today, but on the other hand, I'd, I I would tell you in in, in um, my last few years on the foundation, I think the vision should be even larger. Yeah, I think there is I think there is oppor- opportunity for us really to to grow, and if we look at other organizations comparable to ours. Um, you know, they've, they've set the bar higher than we, we have, and I, I think we, uh, we should sell ourselves short, and we should continue uh, to, to really uh, push for this uh, very important uh, part, of the, part of the puzzle. Yes, certainly. And if you, if you look at some of today's um, very sex, successful young club managers, uh, they were the scholarship recipients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think you make a good point, Jack, about um, how our expectations of the foundation should should exceed, you know, what what you all thought it could be 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we grow the scope of CMAA in terms of, you know, we changed our name to Club Management Association. We're broadening mm-hmm. the the idea of, you know, who, who can be a member of CMAA and what kind of education and professional development we want to provide to all uh, individuals within the club management industry. Um, I think you're right. I think the club foundation has to grow with CMAA's vision and, you know, widen its arms and, and increase its reach for sure. You know, the one area where we have uh, fallen short is, is uh, reaching out to the clubs and the club members. Um, you know, we've, we've attempted to do so, but we've not had uh, great success. And you know, as I work now as a consultant with clubs all over the all over the country, um, there are some of the who's who in America sure. that are sitting on those boards, and somehow we have to find a way to tell that story to reach out to them. You know, the uh, again the the easy goes of, of the world, or the Jonases, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, continue to be big supporters, but if uh, and and I'll, I'm going to use uh, Southwest Florida as an, an example. Uh, we've we've tried to do everything we can to reach out at the at Florida Gulf Coast University. I'm I'm involved in in, in that uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, their hospitality program. What? How are we trying to touch the those uh, successful uh, members? Hey. These are the people who will ultimately be running your club, right? And we need to make sure we're 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 giving them the educational tools to do the best job possible because it personally will will benefit you, and and um, you know that's that's how how the school actually had to been endowed and named after a few people. So hopefully we we can continue to do things like that with the. Um, uh, with the club foundation. Yeah, certainly. I think that's a, a challenge that CMA faces as well. I mean, we always talk about the importance of um, espousing the value of the association in the boardrooms and getting club board members um, 
on board with CMAA and uh, sharing, you know, everything that we offer and can bring to, you know, the managers um, to those club members. So I think you're you're absolutely right. I think we're running on parallel tracks for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed, but that's okay. That's, yeah, that's no, good. it's it's out. good. It's good that we There's uh, enough out there. Yeah. Um, well, I think that kind of actually answers all the questions Melissa and I had. You you summed up everything really, really well, and we we're very lucky that um, we still have you here to give us this first-person perspective on the history of the Club Foundation. A lot has changed in 30 years, certainly, and I think um, I think there's a lot in the future that we can look forward to with the Foundation and with the Association working together. Well... You know, there's there's no doubt. Uh, I th- thank you for you know for asking me. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, the foundation's been a, an important part of, uh, of 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 my life, and uh, it's just, it, it was a it was a special time, special experience for me. I uh, I certainly took out of it more than I than I, than I put in. So uh, it, it it was a great uh, great opportunity, and I thank you. Well, I think it's something of which you can be very proud. Um, it's definitely got legs, and it will continue to grow as we as we go on. So thank you so much, Jack, for joining us this morning. Carrie is the Director of Development for the Club Foundation. She is responsible for all fundraising from campaigns to special events and everything in between. In addition, she works with the Club Foundation Allocation Committee to ensure effective processes and procedures are in place for the scholarship and grants program. Carrie has a strong background in event planning, marketing, and fundraising. Thank you for being here with us this morning, Carrie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're glad to have you for sure. So we're here to talk a little bit about CF, right? What is there something happening with the Foundation <laughs> this year? Like something, a big milestone thing? Is that a thing? Yes. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. (laughs) We are celebrating Justice Month, the 30th anniversary of the founding of the Club Foundation. So here's to 30 years, and here's to 30 more years. Yes. That's awesome. I mean, it's hard. It's kind of hard to believe that it's, I mean, I say that, and it's older than me, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be clear. I was not here when it was founded in 1988. Uh, but we're sure here now and anxious to see where the Club Foundation is going and, and all the good work that uh, the Foundation has been doing. Awesome. So let's talk about the Foundation in 2018. What is new with the Foundation? Well, uh, so to promote uh, the 30th anniversary and to help celebrate, we are asking everyone to make a donation, $30 for 30 years. Um, and if everyone donates what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to give away more scholarships and more educational grants to our members. So it's really an exciting time and a great way for us to join in the celebration is to raise more money and donate $30 for 30 years. That's easy. $30 isn't, it's not asking that much, I don't think, for an organization that has given back for the last 30 years. Um, I think we have many members that can attest to the benefits of having received um, funding from the foundation. I know there's a ton of student members who are now in the industry who've probably benefited from the Joe Purdue scholarship. So $30 seems to me like an easy, easy give. I hope so. I I hope (laughs) it's something that that everyone will wrap their arms around. We can, fingers crossed, right? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Carrie, what's the easiest way to give $30 for 30 years? Yeah, so you can do it um, a number of ways, Melissa, but the easiest is to pull out your smart smartphone and to text the word clubs to 41444. So just clubs to 41444. And then a menu will pop up. You just hit $30, type in your credit card information and hit send, and the donation is done. Um, if it's easier for you to do it um, on your desktop, you can go to clubfoundation.org and click on the button that says donate. Couldn't be easier than that. <laughs> for sure. Not at all. So what else is coming down the pike for the foundation? You know, and we're getting ready to move into a really exciting time of year with the fall um, and the holidays coming up. Um, we have uh, a special day in November. It's called Giving Tuesday, and it's the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and it's a day of worldwide philanthropy. It's a day that's made for people to give back, and it's a wonderful opportunity for our members uh, and the public to think about the Club Foundation and all the good that we're doing with scholarships and grants and to make a donation. Um, and this year, we're really excited because the Wisconsin Badger Chapter and the Upper Midwest Chapter have banded together to uh, start Giving Tuesday uh, with $10,000 donations from each chapter. So already, even before we hit November the 28th, we have $20,000 that we've raised. That's and huge. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. And last year, uh, the Carolinas chapter started us out by giving $10,000. So we're building on what we did last year, and we're hoping that between our members and our chapters and the public that we raise even more. Last year, we raised $25,000 total, and this year, um, I'm hoping that we can double that. So fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, so exciting. Yeah, so that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're really excited um, about that initiative, and, and it would be a great way to build momentum um, into the new year. For sure. For sure. Well, I think, is that all of our questions for Carrie? Anything else? Yes, I don't think questions. so. All I mean, right. we got a lot. It sounds like the foundation has a lot of initiatives going on. Um, as always, I mean, there are deadlines coming up for um, scholarships on November 1st. We have two deadlines. We do. We have um, November 1st is the deadline for the chapters to get the foundation, their Kendall scholarship applications, and also it is the deadline for the LaRocca Family Executive Scholarship, and that is um, the scholarship that is for a senior level um, executive in the industry uh, who is actively engaged in mentoring. So we have those two um, deadlines coming up, and I'll just put out a little tease. Uh, we have some very exciting opportunities that we're um, building on for the new year. We're going to be doing a 50-50 raffle again at conference, and we're also looking um, to raffle off a very exciting and very special golf package. So I will leave you with that little <laughs> teaser, and uh, we'll have more information on that for you um, in January. Awesome. And the winners of the Kendall Scholarship will be announced at World Conference, correct? Will the LaRocca winners also be announced at World Conference? Yes. Awesome. So this year at World Conference, we're having an awards breakfast, and we will be announcing all of our recipients uh, at that time. So it should be a really special event. That'll be exciting, and that's a new event this year. We're doing that a little bit differently. Um, in previous years, we've done these awards at one of our general sessions but now we're moving back to the breakfast-style awards-only session, um, and you can purchase tickets for that 
along with your conference registration. Um, hopefully, very soon. We're excited. Conference is coming. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah, and the um, guest speaker at that event is going to be um, the famous ice skater, Scott Hamilton. So I, I know he has a message of excellence and philanthropy and, and working hard and giving back. So he'll tie nicely into everything that we believe in at the Club Foundation. I think we're all excited to see Scott Hamilton. Somebody with his, his charisma will be great for that event, I think. For sure. Well, I think that wraps us up. Melissa, do you have anything else? Yep. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Carrie. Happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Awesome. So let's talk. Fire when ready. Let's, All right. Let's talk turkey, um, which is our favorite holiday. But um, we want to talk about your idea fair entry and how your club used videos. So um, we're excited to have Colin McAllen, CCM CCE from Tavistock Country Club in Haddonfield, New Jersey, join us today. Thank you so much for being with us. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. So tell us, where did the idea come from? So the idea kind of came from a couple of different aspects. Um, we traditionally, Thanksgiving, one of the busier holidays that we have here at the club where roughly seven to 800 members come to the club for lunch and or dinner that on Thanksgiving. Um, in addition to, um, we do anywhere between 75 and 125 um, Thanksgiving to-go orders throughout the day from our mem- for our membership, uh, be it an individual item or two or an entire meal, uh, Thanksgiving meal, and it continues to grow each year. And several years, uh, the year before, actually, um, with the sheets that are printed, with the reheating instructions for this dish, that dish, the turkey, what time to put it in the oven, it always brought a number of phone calls, even though we had it written down and we would speak to the members when they were picking the orders up, where members inevitably would call the club that afternoon to ask what time do I do this? How do I do that? <laughs> How do I do this? And it, yeah. it, it was, it, it's three employees, eight hours, just facilitating the orders going out the door um, from a service standpoint, not to count, obviously, the kitchen staff that's there um, for just these to-go orders, and then another person basically just answering the phones throughout the day. And with another six to 800 members coming into the club for dinner a la carte, it's an extremely busy day at the club. Um, yeah. What happened was, and kind of in good fortune for us is, we combined three areas. We had renovated, recently renovated our kitchen. Um, our new executive chef had started, and he made the suggestion from a standpoint of, one, for the members to be able to see the kitchen, um, two, to be able to get a sense and understanding of who he is, um, and also to simplify the standpoint of what they needed to do um, on Thanksgiving Day when they had their meals. And so he came up with the idea to do this little short video, which we had put out to the membership. Whether or not they took the meals to go or not, we actually put it on our weekly e-communication to our membership. It was on our website and it was on the app that we have for the club. So it really gave the idea if someone didn't have it, that they saw Chef talking about how he prepared the Thanksgiving turkey or how the members needed to reheat it and gave them that availability to hopefully, you know, we'll see in the next couple of weeks if it, it builds on the orders that we have going out that day. So how was it received? How, what did your members think of the video? The members thought it was awesome. Um, it, you know, the, the feedback was great. Um, Chef was very good on on camera, um, it made it a little bit. You know, we followed up with the members after Thanksgiving. Those that we spoke to, um, you know, certainly enjoyed the ease of you know having the ability to access it, access it um, on the website uh, for the when they were at home with their families. I want turkey now. So, what were there any implementation challenges? I mean, in terms of, of putting that out, and we talk about video a lot um, in the club use of video. 
did you have full scale production? Did your chef no, use yeah, iPhone? We, we, what was that? What was we, the ease of putting that together? It was fairly easy from that end. Our communications director and our chef um, had a couple of meetings to to go through the process of what was going to be said, how it was going to be said, and where they wanted to shoot it in the kitchen. So, um, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. You know, there was a couple of takes that went into it, but um, you know, having a, a the willing participant of the person who is your executive chef who came up with the idea with some other staff to do it, I think made it a lot easier. Um, you know, we we talked about maybe doing it from a professional standpoint, but it, ultimately we decided to do it in house. So were there any implementation challenges to putting it together? Um, like between editing or anything like that? You didn't have to acquire any new technology, I assume, <laughs> to do we it. Didn't. We didn't. Fortunately, we, we had a couple individuals here who had the equipment that was needed to be done. So was, you know, from a, um, an implementation standpoint, it was pretty seamless, thankfully. Cool. So were there any unexpected outcomes from the videos? Uh, the pressure on our golf pros and other other areas to say, hey, we need to come up with some uh, options that we can do some little short videos with the rest of the staff, which are uh, hopefully in the works here at Tavistock. Awesome. That's, That's that, that, that that gives positive. Me, I was going to say, that gives me my other follow-up question. Um, you know, as we lead into the holidays, what are you doing new and fun for the holidays this year, and, and how is that use of video kind of translated across the club? Yeah, again, we, we haven't, you know, from that end, from a video standpoint, um, you know, it's led us to more, as we're planning our 100th anniversary, um, we're definitely looking to get some more video implementation of our golf course yeah. um, throughout the seasons. Um, so that's something that's been planned for. Um, we have talked about, um, you know, in the coming years with whether some short little videos with our assistant pros or tips. Um, the other one that we really wanted to um, implement or look to implement um, is golf course maintenance. Yeah. You know, from that standpoint of little short skits with our superintendent, <laughs> Um, and some employees here on the kind of the do's and don'ts or the um, things that are forgotten on a golf course on a daily basis that can help keep our uh, our biggest assets um, in the best shape possible. Yeah, certainly. Melissa and I were actually just talking today about um, the use of video here and commenting that our most watched video on our YouTube channel is actually the how-to video that Melissa and I made for logging into the new website. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty evident that, I mean, people across the board tend to, I mean, we always tend to um, be more engaged with something like a video. It's more fun to watch, I think. It's easier to consume. Um, I certainly think it's a very clear way to get a point across, especially if it's something like a lesson or um, or instructions. Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome that you guys are thinking down the road about how you can continue to implement this across the club. That's great. And it's you know, a, a free plug for the Copland and Keebler and Wallace Summit that I just got back from and talking with Corey Saban, one of the presenters at that session there about how clubs are really using the video mm-hmm. um, with professionals, not employees. And he and I had a very uh, kind of a lengthy conversation about that. Of, you know, I was on the other, other side of it. I thought having the actual participants of the members of the staff in the videos, um, not that he was against it, but I just thought it would made more personal touch to the membership. But seeing the videos that he had put together for some other clubs and, you know, the YouTube channels and what people are doing in the club industry, it's, uh, it's exciting because it's, you know, you see it at home with my kids who don't even watch regular television anymore. That's right. all they do is watch videos. Yep, so, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think speaking you... with new members and trying to get them to download the app we have for the club, mm-hmm. and while it's an easy process, I did it three years ago when I, we switched to it, and I just finished telling a new member, I don't remember how to do it because right. I did it three years ago. I know it's simple, and our communication director can do it. So 
you know, this is actually just this conversation alone is making think we could come up with a little short video on how right. to how to download the club app here. Yeah, so totally. <laughs> I think you have a good point about um, the benefit to having recognizable uh, names and faces in, in the videos that you produce. Um, I think, especially when you're producing videos that your membership is going to consume, it's probably nice for them to see the faces of the club staff that, you know, they interact with on a regular basis. Um, and I think that probably makes them a little bit more receptive to what the message is within each video. So I, I would agree with your assessment on that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we've, I mean, we've done some other videos here at the club for whether it's banquet events or trying to promote the club. Um, and we have had professionals come in. We've mm -hmm. used our service staff, but there's you know the professional voiceover. Um, I think with this, with the Thanksgiving and the timing of it, the, we did the video. It was, you know, um, executive chef was you know, Kelly Morrow was relatively new, and it was an opportunity for him to, you know, get a sense of for the membership to get a sense of who who he is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was definitely a, a thought from that end. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you sharing your idea, and we hope you'll uh, come back and share future <laughs> ideas. Greatly appreciate you having me and look forward to speaking again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Colin. Awesome. Great. That wraps us up for this month. Happy October. Happy October. And we are looking forward to a busy next couple of months here at CMA headquarters. We were just talking about how the month of November is going to snowball on us. And before we know it, we'll be in Nashville for World Conference. And But I still have the student conference hurdle Ooh. to get over. So we're hoping maybe next month we'll have some so sounds of student conference to soothe you with or something. It could be interesting. <laughs> I think that'll be great. <laughs> It'd be great to be you know, do that live from Chicago. For sure. Get some great uh, feedback from the future generations Indeed. of CMA. So Indeed. thank you for joining us. We love hearing your feedback. So if you have any ideas, suggestions, um, don't hesitate to tweet us, send us a message. Let us know. Visit our website and we'll be back next month. And so. make sure to subscribe. We are on iTunes now. So find us in the iTunes store at Let's Talk Club Management. Yep. And we will see you next month. Take care. Bye-bye.